especially like the historical and um, uh, kind of cultural context he could put on just whatever he was going through. I'm like, this guy knows what he's talking about. Um, coming from a person that doesn't, <laughs> I'm just like, this, this just makes sense. Um, so I'm like, I probably like, definitely like the best decision I've made and made for my family thus far. Hello and welcome to the Dulas interview. I have here today Garrett Williams. He is a new brother in Christ that I met, new to me. I don't know if he's not, he's not a new Christian, but a new brother in Christ from our local church. And just going to sit down and get to know him a little bit and ask him about his life and ask him what God's been doing in him. So Garrett, welcome to the show. Thank you. All right. Good to be here. So just start off, tell us where you lived and where you grew up, where you were born and what life was like there. So, um, from a small town, southeastern Oklahoma, Quinton, Oklahoma, small town, um, probably don't know anyone there, um, but it's just super long community. I mean, like 1,500 people graduated high school there with like 35 other kids. Like so, the town was 1,500? Yeah. Wow. 1,500, 2,000. Man. Yeah. So you graduated with how many, 30 kids you said? Yeah, 30, yeah. 35. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just small town. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure with 1,500 people, it's one of those towns where everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows everybody's business, where your kid is going to school, what your dad does, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, especially um, a bit more backstory. Um, my grandfather started a furniture store in Quinton, Oklahoma. Um, so we were a little bit more I guess you could say financially successful people, even though I wouldn't really call us well off, you know, any sense of the word. But um, as far as everyone knowing everyone, then yeah, I mean, very public storefront in the small quarter mile town of Quentin, okay. you know, Wimbley's Furniture right there. Not trying to plug that. <laughs> <laughs> so did you did you see that as a good thing that everybody knew everybody, or there's some downsides to? Everybody knowing everybody in that small um, town. I mean, definitely like a, a, a good thing, but also more like an, like an accountability thing because, you know, everyone knows where to find your parents. Mm -hmm. They're right there. And uh, so I guess that could be a bad thing, but um, I don't know. It, it was the only, the only life I knew, really. I mean, we drove to McAllister to get groceries. We never, I only came up to Tulsa, Broken Arrow maybe four times before graduating high school. Wow. So, I mean, <laughs> we didn't we didn't get out that much. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, definitely a small town person for half my life so far. Okay. Yeah. So did you grow up in a Christian home or, or did your parents tell you about Christ or did somebody else come in and share the gospel with you? Yeah, so um, same grandfather that started the furniture business, um, he taught... Uh, Bible study at a small church right outside of Quentin um, on Wednesday nights and grew up in church small church small town church only had like 20 people in it most of them were you know close to retiring so I mean an old church still is an old church mm -hmm. um, but yeah grew up in grew up in church going being drugged to it every Sunday I mean Sunday morning and Wednesday night it was just just like going to school or going to bed and that's what you did mm -hmm. yeah so did he share the gospel with you growing up, or did you... It was just just something 
that you heard in church. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I wouldn't say that I really fully uh, grasped the gospel even all through high school um, with it being just, you know, you, you go there, you put your hour in a church. I mean, most of it, um, I personally, uh, and I kick myself for this, you know, I'd, I'd go there and daydream or, you know, sing the songs and uh, get out and go about my day. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was just kind of the reality for me. Um, and that's not a not a knock to the, the, the doctrine of the church. It was just, <clears throat> you know, I wasn't, my eyes weren't open then. You had it really imbibed what you were doing at the church and what, as far as worshiping God and gathering. Right, it, it was more of a more of a place to to um, I guess get good morals. Mm-hmm. I mean, where where our morals, where my morals, mm-hmm. um, kind of uh, began from. Okay, so you were you told me before that you and your wife you've been married for ten years already, and when I first heard that, I'm like, I know he's not that old, but so you're 29, right? 29. And you were, so that means you were married at 18, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. So tell us about <laughs> what all went into so, that. Because a lot of people would hear that and say, yeah. 18, 19, that's way too young. Yeah, and for us it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Taylor, she grew up in Porham, Oklahoma, just 20 miles north of Quentin. Um, I knew about Taylor um, just because small towns, um, everyone kind of knows of a lot of people, especially in your age group. Mm-hmm. Um but she, her dad came over and was superintendent to Quentin her junior year. And her senior year, <clears throat> she came over with him. So she, she transferred and came over and we met then. Um, it became friends, um, kind of towards the end of our senior year in high school, began dating. And um, yeah, we went to college together, Northeastern State University. And um, we were more or less living with each other um, and then a couple months in uh, to college, so we'd been together for about a year. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I mean, we're already doing everything else together. Might as well just get married. So definitely not the approach that um, biblically you want to take mm-hmm. to uh, courting someone, but that's that's how we, we came about it. And uh, yeah, definitely a struggle for sure, getting married so young. Um, Going through uh, the beginning years of college, still kind of coming into um, maturing, still, mm-hmm. especially for me. Um, you know, I still haven't fully matured now, but uh, it's definitely difficult for sure. I mean, especially learning to live with someone mm-hmm. and learning uh, just kind of just to be a more responsible adult. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, 19 was young. Yeah, I can't even imagine. 19, I would have. I would have blown things up. It would have been terrible. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I mean, like you said, I did not have the maturity level at all at that point in time. Neither was I saved, so I didn't even have any kind of understanding of what marriage really was. It, that definitely added to the difficulties of it. Um, not not being um, <clears throat> not being grounded in a sense to um, what your responsibilities are and just really how to treat people and treat your spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean wasn't there I mean we obviously were we liked each other we loved each other and was was I mean got along but mm-hmm. there's times where you don't get along <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing to really center you whenever 
uh, those rough times hit. Mm-hmm. And then you can have college working full time to afford to eat, you know, do things and uh, and then get getting frustrated because um, I've never, you know, you never really learned to live live with each other, live by yourself, take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. So what would you say, the, the, what role did the Bible play during that time of your life as far as your first few years of marriage and then getting to understand? Did you go to the Word of God to read a lot, to study about what marriage was like? Did you listen to good sermons or did you... Um, you know, what role did the God's word play in, in growing you and grounding you? Because now you guys are still here 10 years later. you got yeah. two, two young boys. and um, So really, I've grown so much um, the last two years, um, really clinging to Scripture, um, learning from it, gleaning from it. Um, so really early on, not much, because I rarely cracked the Bible then. Hmm. Um, we would still go to church. Um probably once or twice a month but um we didn't have a church in Tahlequah it would be more of a more of a back in that rotation when we went home so um and that just really added to the difficulties of all the other stressors in life um and you know you got school work um your hobbies and, and desires mm-hmm. and plus um, your spouses you know everything pulling at your time so really uh didn't really draw anything from there then. So two years uh, ago, that's when you really started reading the Word and growing and, and starting to gain knowledge mm-hmm. and wisdom from the Word of God, and not just gaining it, but applying it. Yeah. And so what's been the difference between those first eight years or so and then the last two years? Um, just really seeing our relationship differently. <clears throat> um, the responsibility uh, of the head of the household on... on um, lowering or raising my threshold of of just handling situations mm-hmm. you know i i very prideful and still am in some in some ways of wanting to be right on situations and you know arguing until we're just exhausted and forget what we're even arguing about um because you know i want to win um so like that's really helped um just really seeing uh, the grand scheme of things that you know these these squabbles they don't really matter and um, you know it's you just go to the word and just humble yourself really mm-hmm. um, and that's that's helped so much and I'm sure um, before we get to your boys we, you guys traveled a lot so I'm sure along the way you grew and got to know one another more and more Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to talk about your travels because you guys have been apparently a lot of places out of the, outside of the country and, and traveling to different locations. So could you tell us about your travels and what you liked about traveling, what you didn't like, or what was your favorite place when you, you and your wife travel? Yeah. So primarily our mode of transportation and traveling has been uh, like cruises. Uh, okay. Carnival, uh, so that's, that's really like a, a cheaper way because we travel a lot in college. Um, I say a lot. We'd go on a cruise once a year in college, mm. and going on a cruise is very affordable for college students. But you know, we'd, we'd hit we hit a lot of the islands in the Caribbean. You know, um, after that we went to Hawaii. Then uh, we went to Iceland. Mm. Um, that, that wasn't in college or Hawaii. Um, but it really gives you perspective, especially like um, economically, because. Mm-hmm. 
things are not the same around the world and that's not that's not news to anyone but it just it's just crazy seeing some of that stuff seeing just how different things are mm-hmm. in other places um yeah um yeah, my, my parents came from Liberia, and my mom used to talk about how we would complain about hot water and cold water and not, and the water not warming up fast enough. She's like, you guys have no idea how well you have. You could just flip your wrist, and you have hot water coming out of the drain. So I think growing up with an international perspective, especially mm-hmm. growing up in America where we have all these luxuries that can definitely mm-hmm. um, make you either more grateful or just more vain and not, <laughs> not willing to, like you said, humble yourself and mm-hmm. realize that where you're living you didn't deserve to be placed here this is where god has you and you're able to enjoy mm-hmm. the luxuries that god has given you so um but did you so what was your favorite place on your travels um definitely iceland iceland um, okay taylor's more of a beach person but she she thoroughly enjoyed iceland as well um just the scenery is beautiful there and it was more of a an exploring vacation than a more of a like a restful one um but we drove around um found a hot geyser just on the side of the road, hmm. um, they don't have a lot of fences there. How they separate their their land and uh, certainly like uh, livestock, mm-hmm. they would dig ditches. Hmm. So, Interesting. I yeah. didn't know that. So that that was fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, certainly uh, going from America to more of a impoverished countries, it get, it gives me more respect to like missionaries and, and mm. people people that travel. Yeah. Um, for those reasons, um, coming from hot water and uh, fast food and um, just cheaper everything, more accessible everything, to not having that. Really gives you a, a sense of gratitude for what God has, yeah. has blessed you with. So you guys did all that traveling, and obviously at that time you didn't have your two young boys, Emmett and, uh, and Eli. Mm-hmm. So what's it been like being a father? How has that changed your perspective on the world and changed your view on marriage, even in, in family? Um, I, I think, I know, it's, it's softened to me, man. It's, it, it, um, I, 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 think, um, I think I've become more, more tender of a person. Hmm. Um, yeah, just, just thinking about Think about like the world they're growing up in, and wanting to shield them from really anything like any pain, any heartache, and that. I mean, um, I, I I tend to drift off and think about just situations that I've been in that I don't want them to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pain that they they'll inevitably have to go through. It's, it just it just breaks me, man. Um, but uh, it's. I don't know it's it's humbling too and and it's exhausting which you know you're, you're going through too <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my wife is the one who's really dealing with all the with all the late nights and things like that yeah but. yeah um yeah a much respect to <laughs> to moms definitely um, so do you think it, it's exposed anything in your life where you've been like wow you know I, I didn't know that i was like that or maybe i need to work on this in my life to to be a better father um yeah um selfishness um, I got a, a big dose of me wanting to be more, me trying not to be as selfish whenever I got married because never had to split my time with anyone. So got married and I'm uh, having to give up my time, give up my time or resources <clears throat> um, to this other person. And now I have two more people 
um, that I rush home from work um, because I miss because they've been beating on my wife all day <laughs> um, and you know I just I, I want to take stress off of her and I feel a little guilty because I'm I get to sit at a desk for eight nine hours I get a lunch break where I can go you know eat lunch work out uh, listen to a sermon or whatever mm-hmm. um, and she gets maybe two good naps <laughs> um, of time to do, to do what she wants um, that may or may not line up together um, but yeah definitely selfishness um, just you know giving up my time to something that's more important mm-hmm. I'd say that's probably the biggest one yeah I remember earlier on when Kaizen was I don't know four or five months old he was crying and I was and I thought I had, you know, my own parenting wisdom of four or five months. So I was like, come on, you know, you know, you stop, you need to stop babying him and stop, you know, sheltering him. All this. Stuff. She was like, well, you know, he's actually a baby. It's <laughs> like, well, that's true. <laughs> so it's just like, it's just when you think you have it all together, then you hear some mm-hmm. wisdom from your wife. You're like, wow, you know what? I think I need to dial yeah. it back and, and learn. <laughs> yeah. Especially when she's coming from a family of multiple children, she's taking care of children all her life. So definitely, I'm, I'm with you there. Pride and, and selfishness of thinking your, your view is, is correct mm-hmm. and it's it's not not good but it's good that God exposes those things in our hearts so that we can learn mm-hmm. to grow and change so for sure so you are an accountant yeah. and you are dealing with numbers and figures and meticulous detail and things like that um, tell us about that do you do you enjoy it is is it uh, one of those fields where you just are always thinking I got to glorify God I got to glorify God or is it something like you know this is I enjoy dealing with these things and I like working where I'm working and things like that. Um, it, it's, it's, it's difficult um, to really draw anything um, out of like an accounting job because, I mean, you're, you're typing on a computer all day. Um, but more of just like the relationships that I have in um, at my work. Mm. Um, my, my work has pretty, pretty good values. Um, they, uh, there's a lot of Christ followers there. Mm. Um, That's always a plus. Yeah, and but then again, you have most of the people that aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, so at, at first, when I started there, um, there was a lot of mm, some party-ish type people there. So trying not to fall in that crowd, and then whenever I started to really pursue Christ just really realized that man just even just just even thinking about that stuff hmm. sets you down a bad path wow. um just being open to to going out or um just opening yourself to that um just not the, not the right way to go about it um but yeah it's it, it's tough sometimes it really is so you definitely have to be on guard and um Make sure that, like, you know, the Bible says being in bad company can corrupt mm-hmm. your good manners, your good morals. So mm-hmm. you really got to be careful who you're hanging around, with, hanging around with, even if you're working with them, which obviously can be a tough environment when mostly everybody there is, yeah. is unsaved. And so, yeah, yeah. I've, I haven't, you know, I, not cutting friendships, but definitely cutting, cutting a lot of ties to that as far as just being around it. Um, during after hours or going out to lunches or something like that. I mean, um, some of that stuff is just not the place to be. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. And that, that brings me to another question I wanted to ask you is was when it came to finding a church where you could plug in and, and get involved and be taught the word of God, um, you guys were, at least from what I remember, you, you guys were searching and looking for mm-hmm. a different place because you needed somewhere where there was more Bible being taught. There was more of yeah. an emphasis on preaching the word of God and, and living in and submitting to it. So can you tell us about yeah. that experience? Yeah. That's a, that's, that is a, is a great testament to, to God's providence because we, we started um, started uh, taking the eye with you know, we need to get we need to get back in church. We'd been up in Broken Arrow um, for you know a couple months, and it's like okay, we we're here. We need to start going to church again. Um, find a church up here rather mm-hmm. um, instead of just relying on when we went home, mm-hmm. went to Quentin and Quorum. So it was like okay, and we had some friends who so we went to Life Church. You know that's all nice, good, awesome, make you feel good, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like okay, yay, we're we're in church now. Um, still more of a social thing than than anything else. Did that for a little bit, and I was like, yeah, this is really not the place that we need to be. Um, so we went to um, First Baptist Church in Broken Arrow, still a larger church, um, but uh, it just seemed a little more like home, like our our home churches, but still being hundreds and hundreds of people, mm-hmm. and and still at that time, I'm not really. Um, God hadn't really opened my eyes to really anything. I still didn't do a whole lot of reading. Um, paid attention in the services, but um, really one year out the other type of things. Yeah. Um, and then once we, they had a pastor change. The head guy retired. New guy came in. Um, I'd starting to I started to pay more attention reading reading on my own. We we joined a. Um, we had some close friends that um, they were starting like kind of like a not really like a home church, just kind of a few different couples. We were um, going through a few books. Um, one was like how to how to read your Bible, which it just went through um, the whole entire book, just kind of highlighted main points throughout each different book of the Bible, um, and that really exposed how much how little I knew, because I'd been in church all my life. I knew all the main stories. But just all the concepts and uh, doctrines behind in the Bible, I'm like, man, also going over my head. Hmm. Never heard of John Calvin. Never heard. Didn't know what a Calvinist or Arminian was. Um, didn't know there were different like end time views. I mean, never read the Book of Revelation. I mean, wow. yeah. I mean, there's a lot to learn. So like that opened my eyes. Like, yeah, I need to start digging into this stuff. Like. This is not a this is not a spot that I need to be in, so <clears throat> we'd we'd listen to a lot of John MacArthur sermons, and um, we were looking for a new church. We just started looking for a new church because the, the new guy that took over the church we were at, um, he was super topical, super feel good. Hmm. Like um, he, he could have went. And he <clears throat> seems like not to bash Life Church, but I don't think Life Church is great. But he um, could have went and preached there, hmm. and it wouldn't. Just, no difference. Yeah, no difference. Hmm. So um, Taylor found uh, Taylor found this church in Broken Arrow, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, let's go check it out." And it just happened to be our spot. <laughs> um, wow. So we went there, and she just Googled this on online. Yeah, okay. just brought it up. So we, we 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 came to our church a couple times. Loved it. I loved it. She loved it. But um, we had some friends that left. Our old church and was going to Jinx Bible, Jinx Bible Church, 
and Jinx. Mm-hmm. And so we went there a few times, and, and it was okay. It was good. Um, it was a little. It was more of a younger church, a um, little bit trendier, but um, from all I could tell at the time, um, I mean, it was fine. But just the sense that we we have at our church, um, the sense of family, the sense of just kind of like um, everything being genuine. And then, of course, uh, Pastor Doug, how he just, he just, it seemed like he, he had it. He, he knew it. Mm-hmm. And especially like the historical and um, uh, kind of cultural context he could put on just whatever he was going through. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this guy knows what he's talking about. Um, coming from a person that doesn't, <laughs> I'm just like, this just, this just makes sense. Um, so I'm like, I probably like, definitely like the best decision I've made and made for my family thus far. Because um, Taylor wanted to go there, she didn't think there was anything wrong with where um, where, our, where we're at. Mm-hmm. But um, I was like, "You can go there if you want, but like this is where I'm going. Like mm-hmm. I, I I know I need to be here." Um, so yeah, that's definitely God pushed us in that direction. Oh, thank God for that. And yeah, like no. you said, in the God's providence at work, leading and guiding you, and using the internet, mm-hmm. you know, to bring you to uh, GCC. And I want to ask you about how, your time at GCC how, and how it's grown your love for Christ and grown your love for the church and what your experience has been so far because you came in well, was it May that you came or um, no we, we've been it was about this time last year oh it's been a year wow time uh, flies so well, yeah we I think we've right about this time we've like fully you know jumped both feet in okay um, awesome. because we've been been a couple times last October and uh, you know about November I see well I'm going to ask you about that in just one second yeah So, Garrett, since joining GCC, Grace Community Church, how has your love for the church grown and, and how has that impacted you and your wife's, you and your wife's lives? Um, it's grown a lot, um, mainly from the point of seeing kind of how a church should operate, um, the love for one another, the, uh, what Doug preached on a lot, the agape love mm-hmm. um, for one another, um, us having the, the giddy text strand of just prayer requests needs you know praises um and really i mean what's really beneficial to me and probably anyone really is um uh, how many nights we meet like so i I come to you know sunday morning sunday night uh tuesday night uh men's study Mm -hmm. and um wednesday night prayer um so that just that really helps me keep centered, um, keeps uh, Christ fresh on my mind, renewing. Um, so like that that aspect really helps. Um, Definitely, yeah. And I love the fact, like even like like you said, Sundays we come Sunday morning, Sunday night. But even Sunday morning, we have a Sunday school hour where it's just a sermon from Pastor Chris or another one, another another one of the elders. Mm-hmm. Then we have our main service where we get another sermon, and then Sunday night we get another sermon because it's just Bible, 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 word, 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 because. That was the legacy of Pastor Doug. He wanted us to read the Bible, know the Bible. He used, he used to say, you know, a chapter a day that won't keep the devil away. <laughs> so he wanted you. He said you need to read the Bible, know the Bible, study the Word of God. That's how you're going to grow. That's how you're going to learn. That's how you're going to be able to deal with the issues of life from a biblical standpoint and, and honor God through that. Mm-hmm. So he was one of the most 
probably unflappable man unflappable men because he was so saturated saturated with the word of god and he's definitely passed that on mm -hmm. uh, to his wife susan who's memorized the whole new testament which is <laughs> stunning when to to think that somebody is taking the time to do that but her mind and her spiritual life has been enriched by that and it's because of the legacy of her husband and he's passed that down to the rest of us so it's always been uh, a blessing to be a part of that church from the moment that we were there and uh, i'm glad that you were there as well and and I, I love having you guys there, and I, and I love being there. It's, it's a great body to be a part of. So, um, obviously, we live in a world, though, of unbelievers. You live, you work with a lot of people that are unbelievers, so I'm assuming at some point, or maybe there's been a passing comment about Christianity, or you just growing up and being in a world full of unbelievers, you've heard people say things that you're like, that's not what Christians believe, and so what do you think the world, or what, do you, what have you come across personally that people most misunderstand about our Christian faith? Um, probably the most prevalent thing um, that I've seen is is the judgmental part and how kind of misguided that is to say when you, when you don't really when you're not when you're not really in the Word. Um, you know, I, I don't judge anyone for whatever they do. Mm -hmm. um, only one can judge. Um, only God can judge. Um, and the, the holier-than-thou uh, mentality that they perceive, mm -hmm. um, because we're all sinful beings. Mm -hmm. we're, all, we're all wicked. Um, um, I strive to be more Christ-like and, and, and fail in, in many ways, but it, it's, it's not for me trying to be better than anyone else. Because that's not going to merit me anything. Um, it, it's it's the, the the pursuit of a holiness, the, the book we're going through. Mm -hmm. um, that that's kind of probably the biggest thing. Um, now I've never been called holier than thou, but you know I hear it all the time. Um, people gossiping or, or talking about someone, and um, it's I mean I I could see them maybe trying to place that on me or something but um that's probably the biggest thing yeah. um yeah yeah and i think i think that's a good point because i think because of the lives that we are called to live like you said we're called to be holy that when we live a holy life or when we don't gossip with everybody else at work we're seen as oh this aloof person who just thinks he's better than everybody else or judgmental even even mm -hmm. if you don't say anything oh garrett's judgmental because he's not gossiping with us and i think that's uh that's a good testimony actually to have because it shows that because they know they're doing something wrong they i mean yeah. they have the conscience of god or the conscience of the law within them mm -hmm. uh, the law of god in them and so they know that they are doing something they ought not do so when we are living as christians in the world we have to you know remind ourselves that the world's going to hate us because we're doing we're trying to do what's right it's not because we're good like you said we're sinful we fail yeah. all the time <laughs> and i'm sure people that have worked with you have seen your your failures and your sins as well but um they realize that you are also a sinner. You're just trying to honor God with your life, and and that's a testimony that we all should have yeah. on the workforce or wherever uh, wherever we go. Yeah. So, what would what would you say to somebody who would come up to you at work or on the street or wherever you are? That if somebody says, "Hey, Garrett, I deserve to go to heaven. I deserve, you know, I'm a, I'm a good person. I, I do good things. Uh, I love my wife. I love my children. Um, you know, I don't beat anybody up." Um, uh, I even go to church sometimes, you know, and and uh, I'm familiar with the Word of God. But so so I think I'm a pretty good guy, and I deserve to be accepted by God. What would you say to them? I would say, I I don't know you, 
or um, in, in this scenario. Um, but perhaps you haven't read the Bible thoroughly because that it says differently. Um, you know, unless you've lived a perfect life, um, you, you're, you're going to stand before God and you're, God's going to, God's going to judge you for everything that you've done wrong. Um, whether, whether you see it in your eyes as wrong or not. And unless you humble yourself and follow Christ and have him stand, um, have him cover you before God, then you will go to hell hmm. just like anyone else does that doesn't do that. That sounds very judgmental of you. It might, yeah. I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's God's, that's God's judgment. Like you said, it's not, this is not Garrett's yeah. religion. This yeah, is... I, I'm not judging anyone. I'm not the one person that's going to um, allow you into heaven or send you to hell. Um, only one does that. Exactly, exactly. So what do you think is the best thing about being a Christian? I, I know the world thinks that it's a... Uh, you're trying to keep a list of rules and you can't have any fun and you can't enjoy life but the bible says that his commands are not grievous and we are supposed to have joy and joy is a fruit of the spirit so what what would you say from your christian experience what's the best thing about being in the in the family of god in a, in a weird sense i would say freedom hmm. um because i i have i have assurance of what comes next I have a, I have a set of rules, and, and maybe not everyone is like this, but I, I like having a set of rules. I like having something to, to live, to live by, um, something to strive for. Mm -hmm. um, that that's probably the main thing. Uh, and just, I don't know. I just, I, I like it being laid out for me, mm -hmm. and, um, and having the Word of God. I mean. <clears throat> someone, someone that doesn't read their Bible and claims to be a Christian, um, I, I just, I just ask them. I mean, if you, if you, if you truly believe the God of the Bible created everything and sustains everything, and you don't, you're not interested in what He has to say. Those two things just don't make sense to me. Um, but I might have strayed from the question. <laughs> no, that, that's good. I, I'm glad you took it there because if, I mean, we are living in a world where people, are, especially our age, our generation, people are committing suicide because they're completely confused. They don't know how to think, how to live. Mm -hmm. You know, up is down, left is purple. They can't, you know, they can't really reason what, you know, what's yeah. going on in their minds because they have no, they don't have the manual, so to speak. Mm -hmm. They don't have the word of God. Now, obviously living in America, you have access to the Bible instantaneously if you wanted to, but they just don't know that the truth of God is there. And I, and I like uh, Todd Friel, he makes the point where, you know, the world will not be able to operate. You can't operate apart from the word of God. You can't operate apart from truth because he's the one who created it. Like you said, he sustains it. He created it. He knows exactly how it works. Mm -hmm. when it, so when it comes to marriage, it comes it's a man and a woman and when it comes to raising children you know you treat you, you teach them the law of god so that they then can come to christ and, and live in accordance with his law another thing um i i think and i still have a long ways to go as 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 most people everyone does um how humbled i've been and and how i'm satisfied with less hmm. um I think that's another thing that's really that, that I take a, a, a lot of joy in. Um, just just less satisfies me. Um, I, I I look forward to simpler things now. 
um, like church. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't need to go to a concert. I don't need to go to a, a football game. I don't need to to go out and and and, and party or whatever it is, <laughs> whatever your vice is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I truly look forward to going to church, mm-hmm. um, fellowshipping with with the fellow saints, mm-hmm. um, hearing godly preaching, and just just being a part of the body, like you said. Um, it's it's its own simplistic joyful thing to me now yeah. and that wasn't before i mean <laughs> growing up it was going to church is the thing you did um i didn't enjoy going to church it was just if i didn't go or if i made a fuss about not going my parents would have drugged me anyways but <laughs> um it would have it would have tarnished the way they looked at me or thought about me i guess so i mean kind of go off on a rabbit trail but no yeah. i think that joy and i think that's the marks of a true believer, somebody who looks forward to going to church, because I, I find it exciting, you know, yeah. being able to get up on Sunday, get dressed, go and be with the people, go be with brothers and sisters, learn about what's been going on in the week. And that's something that uh, well, Pastor Doug, before he, he passed away and went to glory, he was trying to get us to do, you know, get involved in your brothers and sisters' lives, find out how their week is going. Don't just say, hey, you know, hi, how are you? Good, mm-hmm. good, good. And then move on, you know, get involved, find out you know, what struggles they're having, because we're all sinners. Like you said, we're still struggling. We still need one another. And I think the Bible makes that clear, how we need one another to love one another, forgive one another, care for one another, all those things. So I wonder, I wonder, you know, you're missing out. <laughs> you know, if you're a Christian, you don't want to be a part of the body of Christ. So my last question for you is probably the most important question for everybody to know and understand and to, and to, um, and to find out about, you know, what they, what they're doing here. Why are we here, Garrett? What is the gospel of Jesus Christ? The gospel, the good news is the entire life and work of Jesus Christ. Um, his, his, his death, his, his crucifixion, his uh, three days in risen, um, just that's, that's what the gospel is. Um, yeah. <laughs> Why is the gospel good news? Why does the Bible call it good news for for us as human beings? Because it promises salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, it promises a a way out of of the path to hell. Mm-hmm. Um, placing your faith and following and making. Jesus Christ, your Lord, um, allows you to have a a perfect and holy sacrifice hmm. to atone for your sins and the sins of all who believe. Hmm. And that goes back to your earlier point where you're talking about how things are laid out for you. Like you know where you're going because the perfect sacrifice of Christ died for your sins. He rose again. And you are perfectly justified before God. There's not one thing that Garrett can do to lose that hope, right? No, no. Your your good works are filthy, filthy rags before a perfectly holy and just God. So there, there is nothing you can do of yourself. Um, you strive to be Christ, and Christ will cover for you. <laughs> will cover you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's why um, another good brother at our church, Angel, he's been going through the the, uh, 
the epistle of John, First John, and and uh, he talked about First John two, where he says, "If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous." So it does. It's not that the gospel stops. Even you know, when you, you as a Christian, sometimes I think we're we're used to getting saved, and and then moving on with life and wanting to be sanctified, which is good. Um, but I think I heard one one famous preacher. I don't know. Maybe it was Paul Washer talk about how. Christians need the gospel too. We need to remember that Christ died for us mm-hmm. each and every day because we fail every day, especially being married. And I'm sure you know the, the struggles of marriage and the difficulties that take place where you're constantly having to repent to your wife and, and apologize for the, the, the things that you say and do. Mm-hmm. And uh, But it, like you said, it, it brings comfort, it brings joy knowing that your sins have been paid for and that you do have full, final forgiveness with God. And, and that's always comforting. And it's comforting to know that you're not alone, that we're here together as brothers and we're part of a church that preaches the word of God and loves the word of God and and I, I just like you said I, I look forward to meeting every week um, some people might think we meet too much but I don't sometimes I'm like I wish we could meet maybe one more day a week or so but yeah. I, I, I mean a part of me wishes there was more time in the week but I wouldn't I wouldn't decrease the time that we've had together yeah and, and have together um, a, a different Garrett um, would not want to meet that much. Would not want to go two times on on, on Sunday, mm-hmm. and especially having kids because Sundays Sundays are long days. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially when you when you have a kid, and especially living you know thirty five minutes, forty minutes from church. I can't imagine I live at 15, 10 minutes. Um, but yeah, you go go to the two um, two services on Sunday morning. Um, both of my kids are well past due for a nap, <laughs> so like it, it's it's rush home, fix some fix some lunch, and get them down, mm-hmm. and then have a few hours to to hang out, read the word, um, get ready for the next week, and then you know before anything, your kids back up, um, do whatever whatever housework that you know that I need to do, um, and then going right back to church. Mm. But yeah, I wouldn't. I, I agree. I, I would add another day um, before taking one away. Yeah, and that's just again, that's I think a testimony to people who love the body. You know, if you if you love God, you love your brothers, and you want to be with your brothers and your sisters. And you know, Jesus didn't die just for you or for me. He died for His sheep, and we're part of that flock, and we're His bride. And together, we're able to enjoy the fellowship that we have. And and I'm excited for the years and weeks ahead, the weeks and years ahead at GCC and even just, you know, growing together as brothers. So thank you for coming on the Do Loss interview. And I appreciate your, your time and your effort. And uh, thanks for coming on, Garrett. I hope it was fruitful. Yes, sir.